the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. As always, been pretty interesting watching the uh, markets fluctuate. Actually, look pretty healthy. We'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later in today's show. I think the uh, um, backdrop is pretty good over the next few months. Uh, where I get nervous is if I'm looking at the stocks that are making uh, big moves in the short run. There's a scan that I use for that. And when I see that their valuations are really high, then I get a little bit worried. Uh, if the valuations are not high, not so much. So we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later in today's show, right near the end of the show. Actually, the last 15 minutes of the show, we'll get into the individual stocks, the ones I see moving, uh, and kind of just the observations that I have. Uh, you can learn a lot just by watching. And when you've been watching for an incredibly long time period, I think it's been about 32 years for me now. <laughs> the uh, You pick up things. So uh, we'll talk about, again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, and I was just, I, you know, I continuously am amazed. I, this first seg uh, segment, I just kind of like to talk about what is going to be pushing the economy forward. And it's always been technology, incidentally. Technology has always been the thing that drives us into the future drives future growth. And, uh, but you don't want to just buy and hold a technology stock. Well, again, we'll come back to that a little bit later. You, you need to manage the risks. And, and today the risks, they are pretty high. I mean, the valuations are not super cheap. Uh, I don't think the stocks are, are that overpriced given the interest rate environment that we have right now. I mean, the interest rates are incredibly low. I was looking at a lot of uh, money market accounts yields the other day, like one-tenth of 1%. Wow, that that blows my mind. Actually, the, the management fee on a money market is higher than the yield, or, or actually it's so high that uh, the yield, that's why you're getting one-tenth of 1%. Now, just to put that in perspective, one-tenth of 1% 1 in a money market, if you had $100,000, in a money market account, and it's getting one-tenth of 1%, it's going to give you $10 a year. <laughs> On a, uh, is that right? No, 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 I have to take it back. It's, yeah, that's $100, $100 a year. So you got $100,000, okay? 
1% of that would be $1,000. So since you've got one-tenth of 1%, you're getting 100 bucks interest. Sound exciting? Um, and that's one of the reasons that we've been talking about some alternatives and how you get income in an, in, in an interest rate environment that is as low as this is. And uh, that's actually the, the middle of today's show. We'll come back to that. There's some guaranteed programs out there. There are uh, a lot of them now. I mean, there are tons of them. But there are interest rates on those or the returns that you could expect to, uh, to receive are significantly higher than that. Some of them don't have a whole lot of risk. Some of them have a lot of risk. So you got to be careful with that. But again, we'll come back to how do you deal with low interest rates. And that's the middle segment of today's show. I'm going to trying to break it up now to where the first part of every show, I just talk about the economy, what's driving things, what kinds of things are going on right now inside the economy, uh, things that you may not be able to see because it's, it's not obvious. Okay. And then the uh, second segment of the show, we'll talk about how you do, how do you deal with fixed income? What kind of options do you have to do that? Because that's a big part of most people's portfolios, or at least it should be. Because if you have 100% of your money in stocks and the market decides to take a 50% dip and take 10 years to recover the way that it did in 2000 through 2010, uh, that can be problematic. <laughs> you have 50% drop that takes 10 years to recover. Actually, it had almost fully recovered and then went down further than it did the first time. So how do you survive that? that that's a key. And it's, you know, how do you survive that without going broke? So that's the second part of today's program. And then the last part of today's program, we'll talk about some individual stocks um, just because I, I like to do it. And it, it does give you an idea of what the institutional money managers are thinking. When, you're, when I'm looking at these scans, I'm going into the stuff that's moving up right now, right now. And... Uh, when I'm looking at what's going up right now, it's just a reflection of the current mindset of the big institutional investors who basically move the markets. It's not individuals anymore unless it's GameStop. <laughs> GameStop, rather. But uh, it's huge money managers out there that basically move stock prices up or down or bond prices because they just have so much money under management. That's another thing that's kind of crazy when I'm looking at this stuff. And we're talking in the trillions now. The top three asset managers manage more than half the money. Just three firms managing over half. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I like to watch these scans because I, I don't have to t call anybody. I can see what they're doing inside the market. And uh, as soon as we're able to, we'll have another seminar. And I'll, I'll show you how I'm doing that. Um, it's really kind of cool, I think. There's a, a tool I only pay 50 bucks a month for. And a lot of people go, $50 a month? Yeah, well, not for this one. This That's incredibly cheap to be able to look into the markets behind the scenes this way and, uh, again, get an idea for what is going on. And it's where I come up with a lot of uh, the themes that I see when I'm reading. Uh, when you're Today, when you're looking into, the, uh, into financial news, if you're scanning it kind of the way I do, I look at things that, you know, for trends, Trends in sales, trends in profits, what kind of industries are growing, what kind of growth rates do they have. The uh, You can pick that up if you're doing it fairly consistently. And actually, you don't have to do it all that consistent. Once or twice a week, it's, it's fine. 
but uh, but you want to spend some time every week just just keeping up with that. Uh, the I don't know a couple of years ago we were talking about the semiconductor stocks. Why? Because half of all the stocks that were making the the lists the, are making it into my scans were semiconductor stocks. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking into some of the names, and I'm seeing how fast their sales are growing. And then I look at the, the industry, and I see how fast the entire industry is growing. And it's one of the fastest-growing industries in the entire world. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder how I can take advantage of that. I know. You can actually get some broadly diversified funds that, that include technology, including semiconductors. That's a good way to do it. That's a, a safer way to do it. You could put a specific model together that's going to give you a lot more fluctuation because you're only uh, investing in one industry when you do that. And not a whole lot of people have the stomach for that, by the way, to have a bunch of money concentrated in one particular industry. You know, it, it fluctuates probably twice as much as the average fund's going to fluctuate. So you have to have a certain personality to, to want to put up with that. And, uh, what I like to do is keep it as a relatively small portion. So 10% of the money I have in stocks, that, that's my answer to that. So when I do it that way, I'm like, ah, well, it's only 10% of the money that I have allocated to stocks, which is not 100% of my portfolio anyway. And it's spread out over several hundred. Actually, I think it's close to 1,000 companies. So I think what's that, the, the belt and suspenders approach to taking on a little bit more risk? <laughs> But, um, so anyway, I'm just rambling on here and I, I just keep reading and it's so fascinating. There's so many different sources, by the way, um, now that you have YouTube and a lot of, you know, a lot of companies, there are still a lot of really good magazines and, and I like to be able to use, uh, buy a lot of magazines just because number one, I'm probably a little old fashioned, but number two, you can bring that on a plane and, and not get in trouble. <laughs> with a magazine <laughs> i guess you could probably roll it up and hit somebody over the head with it but it's really it's, there's there's not much danger in having a magazine with you it's just easier so i still buy a lot of magazines uh i think there are a lot of good ones out there scientific american is a good one massachusetts institute institute of technology that's a good one uh mit technology review rather there's a the economist that's a good one um there's the uh what's a barons is, is pretty good um Wall Street Journal, that I just scan anymore. I don't really read that from cover to cover or page to page like I used to. I just look for headlines that I, th I think might be significant. And I'm telling you what, what we are going to have, if we don't already, I think it's probably already upon us, but a major skilled labor shortage. A major skilled labor. What am I talking about with skilled labor? Well, Anything that has to do with electricity. Now, the other trades, by the way, there's huge demand there, too, and we can't fill those jobs either. If I'm talking to a high school kid doesn't want to go to college, and you need to go to vocational school, get a, get a set of skills because they're, they're high in demand. The, and it's from all over. I mean, when you look at plumbing, have you noticed plumbing lately? Go going through some of the model homes, the newer model homes, they're using polymers to make the tubing instead of copper. So they've got pipes. They're not actually pipes. They look like hoses, actually. And that's pretty wild. So you've got to know all the old stuff, and then you have to know all the new stuff. You won't learn that in one or two years, by the way. You're going to learn that over four or five years if you work really hard every day. 
<laughs> and uh, that's not what a lot of kids want to hear. You know, they want to hear, I'm going to make $75,000 right out of high school with no skills because I'm special. <laughs> the uh, I hope you are. And I hope you get that money. But, you know, the smart thing to do would be get some skills you know, that, that are useful. And understand, it's going to take you a while. And understand this, you're going to be relearning your entire life. If, and I would have been probably shocked, scared, if, if somebody had told me all the relearning that I was going to have to do for this business, I think I would have chosen another career. <laughs> but uh, it's too late now. Um, anyway, it takes a while to be extremely productive. Or it can take a while. You can get into some industries and... Uh, learn right away and get up to speed and make a pretty good buck fairly quickly. I think uh, the, the auto mechanics schools out there, uh, all the electric cars coming. Well, you want to talk about change? Holy cow! The uh, those guys are uh, electricians and engineers, and I could see a lot of kids going to engineering school that really didn't like engineering and then working on cars because it's pretty cool and they're really fast. And it's a lot, they're going to be a lot, well, they're already a lot like the old computers were. People, I used to get this magazine, Computer Shopper, and people say, what does this have to do with investing? Well, it does. I'm going to tie this in a little bit. But the Computer Shopper was a huge magazine. It was about an inch and a half thick, had uh, I don't know, probably 500 pages minimally, and it came out once a month. And it was all the people that made components so that you could put your own PCs together. Think about that. That was in the mid-90s, Computer Shopper Magazine. And it was one of those, uh, a product tabloid. That's, that's like twice the size of a normal magazine. And it was an inch and a half thick, and it was every month. <laughs> so, and it wasn't uncommon for people. If you wanted like the fastest, best, highest model computer, you had to build it yourself. The components were out there and available to the general public, but the big firms like Dell and you know uh, who Compaq, which doesn't exist anymore, uh, IBM, they were very slow to be able to change and respond. We didn't have this. Uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the super fast fulfillment of orders. You know, that that didn't exist. The infrastructure wasn't actually there at that time to do that sort of thing. So today, it, you would be. If you're doing that, it's because you just like fooling around with that, uh, electronics because it's probably going to A, probably cost you more money to do it that way. B, if, you're mo if your time is worth anything at all, it's going to cost you more money to do it that way because of the time that you'll spend. And uh, C, you can go around and shop online and you can find something to fit your bill immediately. Well, so what does that all mean? Well, it's the same thing with cars. Cars are actually going to be, you're going to be able to take a component out of the car and replace it with a new one. And the car is going to tell you when it, when that piece is wearing out. So you're still going to need to be a mechanic because I am not going to touch the wrong wire and electrocute myself. <laughs> and, and by the way, I was talking to somebody in the industry, uh, in that industry who was going around the country trying to encourage high school kids to go through their curriculum for auto dealers to learn how to fix the new cars because they're dangerous and you need a lot of training to do that safely. I mean, you can do it, but you can, yeah, you can teach yourself how to uh, jump out of an airplane with a parachute too. And just, I'm sure there's a YouTube video on that somewhere. 
<laughs> you could probably teach yourself to do brain surgery. I would probably get some training before I would actually start working on those cars. Just, just, a, just a warning. But the training's out there, and they're looking for people. And you can get money to go to school. You can take out student loans. You can get financial aid. You can get grants. You, know, you can apply to a lot of the colleges. If you uh, take some of the courses that are relatively cheap online, you can get scholarship money. So it's there. It's available. And that, and that is what is moving. That is moving the economy forward now. People are doing this as we speak. So once you get uh, trained in a field, you're probably, you're, everybody's going to be lifelong students now. You just don't have a choice. You have to learn more stuff. You have to do more stuff. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm not doing hardly anything I used to do in the same way. I don't think we do one single thing. Now uh, a lot of our custodians won't allow, won't accept paperwork. You have to do it online. Everything. That, that blew my mind. Anyway, I hear the music. That means I have to take a real quick commercial break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. You can also find this show as a podcast on 955thefish.com or you can go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. It's there every week. We upload it. And you can also reach out to me there if you have any questions regarding retirement income planning, getting ready for retirement, how much should you be saving, uh, what should you be investing in now? Uh, any of those questions would be free to, uh, uh, the answers are free. You can set up a, a complimentary, either a phone call or a stop into my office. The, uh, there's no charge for that. So anyway, we were talking a lot about the uh, same kind of stuff. You know, it's what's really interesting. Markets haven't changed as much as people think they have. The way that we buy and sell stocks has changed big time. But the volatilities are about the same. Actually, the volatilities were probably higher in the early 1900s than they are today. And in the early 1900s, it was more common for a stock to sell at a valuation that was a lot further removed from the actual value of the company than they do today. Now, when I say that, and the, the younger people in the business are going, oh, that can't happen. No, nope, look it up. <laughs> they, uh, I'm telling you. Stocks sold at valuations. I think that uh, it was um, Alexander Graham Bell's company, which I believe is uh, still around. I think it's part of AT&T now. In the 1890s, that stock was so overpriced that by the time it had crashed and recovered, World War II was over. <laughs> think about that. 1890s, 
to after World War II. That's a long time to wait for your stock to come back. You know. But the story, the same story that GameStop has or any stock, Beyond Meat, all these stocks that go up beyond... Uh, actually, a lot of stocks will get overpriced, even, they're, even though they're good, solid companies and been around for a long time. Those stocks will get overpriced at some point in time, too. But I, I really like what I call the story stocks, those stocks that pull so far away from any valuation metric that you could possibly come up with. They're so much higher than that that uh, it's just the story that keeps it going. And by the way, in the 1890s, you'd have a hard time convincing somebody that a phone actually worked, that it wasn't a trick. That's what people thought. They were. You cannot talk into this little device and hear somebody from across the country or across the state or even across the street for that matter. The, um, so it took a long time. And then when they, when people started accepting it, well, the story was who the heck wouldn't want a phone? <laughs> yeah. But when the share price gets so far ahead, when they're figuring that everybody's got two phones now, <laughs> and the reality is less than a quarter of the population has a single phone or has access to a phone. Well, that's called getting ahead of yourself okay. financially. That is a really tough thing to do. I mean, for an investor who buys and holds. Yeah, that's why I'm not a big fan of buying and holding. I'm a big fan of buying and holding funds, especially today. Today, you've got funds that buy and sell based on valuations. Uh, you have them that sell based on the underlying values of the companies. I really like those. I like them a lot. There are a lot of funds who, in, in fact, the S&P 500 is a, uh, an index that's derived mostly off of price movement. Now, I know they, they didn't think that they were doing that at the time they had came up with, come up with that idea. And if they had thought about that and, and where it might lead to, they probably would have changed it a little bit. Okay. But the S&P 500 is, is a group of stocks that represent supposedly represent the stock market in the United States it doesn't it actually represents the top 50 companies that make up that index because it's the top 50 companies make up more than half of the value heck the top the top 10 stocks out of 500 make up about a third that's diversified yeah that's you're actually making a a wagered concentrated bet when you invest like that. And by the way, the bet's been pretty good because it's been in America. And America rewards risk takers. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that you have to have some stocks in your portfolio, unless you're happy getting less than 1% interest on a savings account. Now, if you're happy with that, it's because you're a billionaire, uh, or at least you're worth $100 bucks and you can live on $100,000 a year. <laughs> that's what you get when you get 10 basis points. <laughs> Keep your money safe. Yeah, so most of us aren't in that shape. So most of us will never be in that shape. So I, I don't feel like you have a choice. On the fixed income side, since I brought that up, you know, I like to take a little bit of time every week. There are options. Um, there are immediate income annuities. There are fixed indexed annuities. That's actually my favorite out of that group because you have a chance of earning a, a decent return. But if you, if you don't earn a return, they have a floor, a guaranteed income rate that they will guarantee for your lifetime. They'll guarantee you can add other features to it. And that, by the way, is a, uh, it's been around for a, a while, but within my career, 
they've really grown that business and made them much more flexible. In fact, there's there are two types of annuities that I like a lot. There's the fixed index that guarantees an income, and I have it. I by the way, when I'm talking about something on the uh, my radio program, I'm already invested in it. So yeah, I invest in everything that I uh, talk about here. And I'll have money in everything that you have unless you come in. And uh, By the way, if you want to do individual stocks, we can set up a separate account for that that you want to pick. Uh, we don't build that. Uh, so if you're a client, the, uh, that's, that's the catch. you got to be a client. If you're a client and you want to do some stocks on your own, I have no problem. Uh, you can call me and ask me about it. You can make all the, the buys and sells yourself, and you can ask what my opinion is if you are a client. Okay? So uh, that's the key. you got to be a client. And uh, otherwise, I'd never have any time to talk to any of my clients. <laughs> so uh, anyway, fixed index. I think it's a great idea. If you want to see an example of one of those, email me. I'll send you a link to my favorite. Uh, my favorite is uh, Nationwide. Um, because the, the guarantees that they make, I feel like, are the highest from the highest quality company. There are a lot of companies out there that have these products, but a lot of them may not be on the same financial footing that uh, these guys are. And that's something you want to pay attention to when you're looking at any type of annuity. What is the strength, financial strength of the company standing behind the guarantees? Because they are standing behind the guarantee, not the U.S. government. That's the other. That's the thing about the Bitcoin and, and digital currency. I, people just don't seem to understand. Nobody is standing behind the currency. By the way, the people that are doing the transactions with you, you don't know who they are or where they are, and uh, that was part of the allure. I thought it was also really dumb, but the uh, really aggressive, I guess. The uh, and People, oh, they want to believe in it, and they're going to believe in it, and that's fine. I'm not going to argue with it. Go ahead and lose your money. That That's up to you. Yeah, you want to you take that chance? Read what Warren Buffett has to say about it. Read what anybody who knows a whole lot about um, investing has to say about it. You know, and I, I know some people, oh, I bet I got rich on that. Yeah, people got rich buying, tool, buying and selling tulip bulbs in the 1700s too. You know, it's, it's the same thing. They're, uh, uh, this one's actually a lot smart. Well, you, it takes a lot more uh, programming skills to be able to participate as a, if you're going to be a miner or, or something like that. But anyway, long story short, as long as there's not, if the U.S. government doesn't stand behind it, uh, see, the U.S. government has this thing called the military. They can go in, <laughs> not that they ever would, not that it would ever escalate. Hopefully it never escalates to that. I mean, it, it, it could in the realm of all possibilities, all things are possible. That is not probable. Um, but having the, the United States standing behind it. See, the United States has two things that make it a really good risk to lend money to. Number one, they own this thing you might have heard of. It's called a printing press. <laughs> they can print money at will to pay their debts. They're legally allowed to do that. We're not allowed to do that, but they are. Okay. You can't print. Well, actually, you can print your own money. It's called Bitcoin, and it's not a print. It's a digital print. The, uh, so, and that's about what you don't know who's standing behind it. And boy, I'll tell you what, if it ever, if anybody ever ca captures all the activity that's not being reported, the people that are losing money, that are having their money stolen, having their wallets disappear, the uh, having uh, bogus transactions go through, the uh, 
that'll that'll slow down pretty quickly. That'll slow down very quickly. And the main thing is you don't have United States government standing behind it. And you know, people say, well, banks don't have the... Yes, they do. <laughs> the banks have the FDIC. The banks are regulated. They have to watch. They have to report to someone. And their reporting is intense. Not a little bit. It's a lot. The whole... One of the, the draws to Bitcoin was, we won't tell anybody. No one will know. I'm just thinking, well, that's great. What do you do when you lose your money? How can you prove you ever had it to begin with? <laughs> and, uh, or where it's gone. Well, it's untraceable. And by the way, they say it's untraceable. It is actually traceable. The, uh, that's a misnomer. The, uh, and I know that I'm going to get calls from programmers that say, no, it's not, blah, blah, blah. No, yes, it is. And if you were, uh, actually, if you were an extremely talented programmer, extremely talented, you would know how to bust that code. So give that a whirl. The, uh, anyway, I'm going to stop talking about that because, uh, I know I've probably just upset a whole bunch of people who own, you know, Bitcoin and it's okay. It's not, just don't put all of your money in there. Don't put enough of your money in any one thing that if you lost it would have a big impact on your life. That that's the key to diversification. And I do a lot of uh, things that are kind of crazy. Actually, I just sent um, some money to to invest in Boxable. I talked about that for a while. That's another big change that's coming. How, the housing market, how we build houses, that's going to change. The uh, I don't know that Boxable is going to be the one. Uh, I think they'll have a big impact on the way future housing is going to be built and transported and, and put into place and the materials that are involved. Uh, that's going to have a big impact. And uh, I think these guys have a pretty good shot. So if I lost 100% of the money I sent in there, it wouldn't make one bit of difference in my life anyway. So like almost every other investment I make, collectively, if they all went bad at once, well, well, the, uh, the chances of that happening are almost as good as the Browns winning the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> yes, so... And that's what you really want to do is learn how to manage risk. That's actually what portfolio management is. It's not identifying the big winners. The big winners are out there, okay? but they're few and far between. You want to manage the risk along the way. You put yourself in a position to get lucky, and that's what most mutual funds are for, ex exchange-traded funds I use mostly now. But uh, some type of fund that's got an algorithm that says, okay, the stocks that have a tendency to do well over time have these characteristics. This is what they do. They have sales. That's a good one, right? It's nice to have a company that's got sales because if they don't have sales, how do they stay in business? How do they pay their bills? Okay. Got to have sales. Sooner or later, you know, a lot of businesses will come out with no sales. Actually, that boxable, they have no sales. They've got orders. They're taking money for investments. That's why it's on the pinnacle of risk. Actually, I put the risk of Boxable about the same as, as Bitcoin right now. Why did I invest in it? Well, because my dad was a carpenter. My dad's dad was a carpenter. My dad's and my great-grandfather was a carpenter. And so I grew up uh, going to work when I was a little kid every summer and all the way through college and uh, actually about a year after I got out of college. So 
Uh, I, I know a little bit more about that industry than a lot of people. I like I like what I'm seeing, but I knew I'm t- I knew I was taking a risk the minute I wrote the check. Actually, the minute I decided to write the check, I knew I was taking a risk. But go to Boxable.com. I think it's pretty cool. I think this is probably, uh, maybe this is the first, it's probably like the Commodore computer. <laughs> it was the first of the uh, 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 computers made for the general population. And this may be the first iteration of a new trend in housing. And if it uh, does as well as I think it could, I think I'm thinking I'm on to something. Otherwise, I wouldn't have you know, invested in it. And by the way, you have to be an accredited investor to get in at one level. And then there's another level that you can get in as an individual uh, investor. It's through a, a, re- a filing called Reg D. They can sell stock before the company comes public, public directly to the public. And the idea there is that you get a little bit of a discount. So if, if you have any questions on that, you know, feel free to email me and I can email you the website that you can go look around and read all about it. You'll probably still have questions, but <clears throat> they have people that can answer questions there too. And it's just a really interesting, fascinating concept. And uh, Elon Musk, that uh, uh, crazy genius, is a uh, supposedly living in one of their units in the parking lot of one of his factories. So anyway, I hear the music. I got to take a real quick commercial break. You listen to Bill Bullington. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Hey, just uh, I got up on several tangents there, like I normally do. Um, now, please don't take offense at anything I say. It's not worth your time uh, to get mad over it. You're not going to change my mind, number one. Uh, number two, um, you've got a right to your own opinion. The, uh, and I don't mean to offend anybody. And um, it's my opinion on certain things are kind of strong, and it comes from experience. And, uh, you know, maybe I've just had really bad experience with some of this stuff. And uh, so that's why I'm not as high on it as uh, some some other people might be. And uh, you live and learn. Uh, So some most of us have to learn the hard way, actually. And I'm probably as hard headed as they come. So I get it. (laughs) But having said that, uh, before I go into the individual stocks, I I just wanted to take a, a second to talk about the there's a new, an annuity out there that I call, that I've nicknamed the Gumby annuity because it's so flexible. 
You can put money in. You can take money out. There's no sales charge going in or out. There's a management fee. You can invest in institutional funds, which otherwise you would not have access to. It's one of the least expensive annuities in the country. And by least expensive, I mean in expense ratios. You can add things to it like a guaranteed uh, income. You don't have to have that, by the way. That's not mandatory. So you can add. That's why I call it the Gumby. You can put money in. You can take money out. Now, you got to be careful. You don't want to be doing this with money that you're not planning to use to supplement your retirement more than likely or maybe to leave to uh, a future generation and you just like to have not have to pay taxes on it. They, they When you have these types of annuities, it's a variable annuity, but it's a no-load variable annuity. So you can switch around within the annuity itself. The 350 funds there, Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Robert, you name it. It's in there. Uh, a, a lot of really, really good funds are in there, I should say. Um, every category is represented. When you make changes, you don't get 1099s on that. When you start to take income out, you can set it up so that only a portion of what would be distributed would be taxable. If it's a non-qualified, that means it's not an IRA. When you take money out of an IRA, it's taxable. You know, so uh, it doesn't give you that protection if you're not, if it's, if it's not a non-qualified. Non-qualified means it's not an IRA or an IRA rollover. So you can lower taxes. Oops. You can, you can lower your taxes. You can um, have all these choices of funds, and you can add to it if you want to. If you want to add a rider on there that will guarantee a minimum income, that's pretty good. I think between... The fixed index annuities, which are really more of a um, uh, should be used for the, the stuff that you want more guarantees on and it's going to be pretty solid and it's going to give you a certain amount of income that you can count on, then that should be used as a uh, replacement for a portion of your your bonds in your portfolio. You could use it as a portion of the uh, the bonds. This would be for the stocks, and it's got a bond-like feature on there where it'll guarantee a certain amount of income. The income rider today is a 4% income. Now, here's the uh, it, it, that's going to be lower than the fixed index annuity, but here's the advantage. You could put 100% of the money in stock, and if the stock market crashed, they would still pay you 4% on what you started with. And what they would do is going forward, if the account, let's say the market didn't crash right, right away, let's say it actually went up and doubled, over the next, ooh, let's say seven years, okay? And that would actually be a really good run, be about 10% a year. The, uh, so now I've got twice the amount I started with. It'll guarantee the 4% on the twice what you started with. And if the market crashed after that, so what? You still get 4% on the, the two times number. So that one actually has a chance to go up, the other one's going to start out higher, but it's going to stay fixed. That's why they call it a fixed indexed annuity. But that's, and this one is an investment-only annuity, and that would be a rider. You can also put some, uh, there's some other riders. All, they're always changing these things, by the way. I, I, man, I thought school was over a long time ago. And wrong. <laughs> they uh, keep thinking of more things to do. Some of these you can actually add death benefits to now so that you can uh, not only take care of yourself, but you can look out for your beneficiaries. That's kind of cool. Every time you add something like that on it, by the way, there's, there's a, a fee. These no fees are normally much smaller, and they're very transparent. Uh, a lot of annuities are very difficult. Even the fixed index, all the fixed index annuities are incredibly difficult to figure out exactly how much you're paying 
That's why you want to concentrate on the fixed portion, the guaranteed portion. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't even think it's your, worth your time to learn how to to read the rest of the prospectus. Just concentrate on the fixed portion of that. The variable part, you can use one of these investment-only annuities or just a regular uh, portfolio. The investment-only gives you a good tax shelter. You know, if you're at a, uh, a a pivotal place where you're just on the border of, of having to pay higher taxes, you might be able to defer the, the dividends and capital gains from the mutual funds. You, you may even get the exact same mutual funds you have today, but instead of where they are, they would be inside of a tax-deferred vehicle, and you wouldn't have to report those capital gains or dividends. That's pretty cool. So now, if you've had it for a long time period, there's there's a cost basis. So you got to figure out what the capital gains tax might be to make that switch. That's a big part of it. Yeah, and I'll tell you, one of the guys that does a really good job of calculating all that stuff is the the guys on the estate planning team that do a show here. They will sit down and do that for you, uh, with you, if you're one of their clients. Yeah, and oftentimes they're going to call and, and ask me for all the. Uh, the, the backup data, which is uh, kind of a pain <laughs> to look up, quite frankly. But, you know, they're, the work that they're doing is actually a bigger pain. So I'd rather have them guys do it. The uh, <laughs> I'll come in with the investment and, and the ideas and the management of the assets, which is kind of, that's a vocation by itself. And uh, you have to be familiar with a lot of stuff, though, when you do what, what I do. Uh, it's a, uh, it's always changing and there are new opportunities coming up just like these products. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So if you would like more information on that, feel free to hit me up. Remember there's no load in, there's no load out. You don't get penalized. There's no sales charge. Uh, we charge a 1% management fee. That's it. The, uh, pretty low for what we're doing, uh, could lower your taxes quite a bit, uh, could, you could use this for legacy planning for your beneficiaries down the road. All kinds of stuff. It, it's just it's unbelievable all that you can do with that, particularly since they removed the um, what you call penalties for uh, you know changing your mind. The the fixed products have penalties because their guarantees are so much higher that when they let somebody out of a contract, it, it costs them money. So they have to uh, pass along those, some of those costs. So you have to decide whether or not you think that it's worth it for you. Anyway, I was going to, and I am talking about stocks. And you know what? I just ran the scan. I shouldn't have run the scan this early because the uh, um, the number of stocks that would qualify is probably going to go up a lot by the end of the day. And uh, so sorry about that. <laughs> But here's what I'm looking for. I look over. I'll go look at the last 30 days, the last 90 days, and the last six months. I'm looking at the stocks in the top 20 percent over one of those time periods. So oftentimes it's in all three of those time periods. So I'm looking at those stocks, the top 20 percent of all stocks in America, whose share prices are up three percent today. So I'm looking at stocks that are going up whose share prices are still going up because they're, how do I know they're still going up? Well, they're up 3% today. Yeah. 3% is a pretty decent size move. It's not a huge move, but it's a good size move. And right now, as I'm looking at that, I'm just looking at the three month. This is the 90 days over the last 90 days. There are 13 stocks so far that meet that criteria. Now I take, when I do this during the day, I take the volume off I also like to see that the volume 
is above its average volume. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for stocks that are moving up really fast right now. And it, it's interesting, if I look back over my career, that was the total opposite of what other people wanted. They wanted stock to, to buy low and sell high. They like to pick their stocks from the stocks making their the new lows. That was the way it was you know, 30 years ago. And uh, most of those people are not around anymore. But they, that strategy is pretty tough. It's like catching falling knives. You just don't really know if that's the actual bottom. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, uh, well, after studying and talking to a bunch of wholesalers from a bunch of other mutual funds, uh, so I was very lucky to have been able to talk to a lot of these portfolio managers personally. And they would look for things that were moving now. We want to see this thing going up right now. Um, that makes sense, doesn't it? So that you can uh, increase the odds that you make money sooner rather than later. And yeah, it's great to be like a Warren Buffett and I want to buy and hold forever. And that's fine if you're if you're buying the whole business and keeping the cash that the business is generating. But most of us are not in that position. And by the way, you know, it's uh, that is really tough to do for an awful lot of people. Coca-Cola is selling at a price that's slightly lower than it was 30 years ago, and that's his largest holding. And he doesn't care, by the way, because he bought it a lot longer than 30 years ago. The uh, uh, what did I say? 20 years ago. I'm sorry. The uh, he bought it a lot longer than uh, longer ago than that, and has a big gain in it. And his dividend right now is probably close to what he actually invested in the stock. So that's fine. Um, but if you're looking to not have to be down a whole lot over an extremely long time period. You either use funds who make changes along the way, or you learn how to do this. And I think the funds are easier and they're safer and they're constantly being managed. This is something that you should do with just a little bit of your money. So I'm going to run through just really quickly the way that I would, the way that I do every day and try to see if I see anything. There's something, uh, NOA, NACG Holdings. I like the look of the chart. It's great. Uh, it's an oil and gas company. Uh, this one's funny, Papa John's Pizza. I, I've been in and out of that thing so many times because it uh, shows up on a scan, comes in, and occasionally it makes money. Sometimes it doesn't, but the uh, it's up. And it, I really like the symbol on it. It's P-Z-Z-A, pizza. <laughs> the, uh, let's see here. Qdel, this is a diagnostic company. It does diagnostics research. I'm sure the, uh, uh, well, actually, this thing really got hammered in the last, uh, it peaked in 2020 after running way up, you know, after the pandemic. So that's interesting. That stock's been around for an incredibly long time period, and it has a really good-looking chart. So those are actually, I think, the only ones. Domino's Pizza, by the way, has got a really nice-looking chart. The valuation is a little bit high on it, but it looks like it's uh, doing pretty well. So anyway, sorry I didn't have that much time to do that. And by the way, since I'm, uh, it's only uh, 10.17, uh, uh, that's why the list is so short. But if you want to see a full list of this every day, there's a website called Look Out for the Bull where Mike runs these scans and publishes it every day. So if you wanted, if your goal was to try to make money sooner than later, you'd probably do really well to concentrate on that list because those are the stocks that are going up right now. Anyway, I tried, I had to hurry that up and I apologize again. I'm always cutting this segment short because uh, I'm, I'm just, I have too big of a, a mouth.
and I keep, <laughs> and I have a, a mind that goes in a lot of different directions. That, that's an occupational hazard of working in the financial services industry, by the way, because it is constantly changing. If, if you don't like change, stay out of this business. <laughs> Now that I hear the music, that means the show is definitely over. Thanks again for listening, everybody. This is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, to reach out to me. Have a good week, good, good investing, and good luck. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.